Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders open up a can and we get back to the transfer portal and hit the best additions so far. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you as we wrap up another week, send you off into the new year weekend, and we do so on a couple of different fronts. We got football business to discuss, of course. We will be hitting the portal once again And recapping what's happened so far, of course, it's not a conversation that necessarily has come to an end, but we'll talk about some of the best additions that we've seen so far for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders in the transfer portal. And that actually will lead us into another conversation as it relates to 2024 and the big boys up front. Some of those guys we'll be mentioning are going to be offensive line additions, and we'll get to what it looks like in 2024 with some spots, apparently, at least as you head into a couple of different camps, spring and fall, already being sort of, well, de facto taken. And that includes a returner from this season to next year that will actually return in a different spot from where he left off. But we'll kick off our conversation today, Chris, on the hardwood as Texas Tech men's basketball got after Sam Houston last night from United Supermarkets Arena. It was a 96-60 to victory for the good guys. You had a 19-point halftime lead We've seen some wide margins in some of these games for the Red Raiders shrink as you get closer to the final buzzer, but that's certainly not what happened last night. Not only did you hang on to that lead, but you built upon it and you wind up a 36-point winner. And Red Raider head coach Grant McCaslin asked after the game about what it took to not only sustain that margin, but increase it as the game went on. Here's Coach McCaslin. I mean, that's why I lost my voice. I mean, it was just like every time out, was like, no, man. The engaged competitiveness that it's going to take to win in the Big 12 has to be in every possession mentality. Can't take a possession off. Cannot. And it's got to be executed at a level that is about winning in the little details. And so, really, that was just how do we stay engaged. And I thought our energy was solid defensively we got messed up on some ball screen coverages but I thought our nose for the basketball and ability to continue to improve over the course of the game and then get out and transition and put pressure on them that way was what ultimately opened the game up sustained intensity Chris sound like coach McCaslin had it (laughs) and his team mirrored it from him for the most part I don't know uh, how much more fun he's gonna have in the coming weeks and months because it's gonna get tough but he's having a lot of fun right now like I think trying to pull everything he can out of this group and trying to I guess the the coaching cliche is trying to get them to be the best version of, of who they could be and he knows he's got to you know lean on them a little bit uh, especially defensively uh, but when you make 15 threes and you can get up and down the floor and you play you know largely turnover free basketball well, they, they, they can really score and put pressure on teams. Uh, I thought, um, you know, I don't know if you – this is what sums up, you know, th- this game versus Sam Houston State. And these are two 
the two head coaches are, are longtime friends. I mean, Grant actually hired Chris Mudge years ago at Midland Junior College. Okay, gave him his first job. I mean, Chris Mudge was making, I think, what did he tell me, $12,000 a year. He's like, I spend $1,000 a month on rent. You do the math. He goes, it was the oil boom. Everything was really expensive. I'm in Midland. He goes, but I loved it. You know, he's like, I, I was, you know. And so uh, th th there's a lot of respect between these two head coaches. But uh, you, you remember the photo from years ago in Hershey, Pennsylvania with uh, – uh, with Wilt Chamberlain holding up the 100 after he scored 100 <laughs> points, you know, right? Well, you know, when, when Jack Francis, after this game, the the your, your end of the bench, you know, walk on, feel good story and all that, when he holds up the, the sign after the game in the locker room with just two on it uh, after his made free throws, <laughs> kind of tells you how, how the night went uh, for, for these guys against uh, Sam Houston State. Not a lot to, to have an issue with. Shoot it well. You play turnover free. You you again. I think you, valid point in that you didn't give the lead back, or you didn't you didn't have this this scoring drought to where you just went into this lull or anything like that. I tell you a couple of the sneaky. First of all, Pop has a career night. Okay, so he has never scored more points in a college game than he did versus Sam Houston. Uh, I thought he played really good. He found that three point shot, dropped in five threes, um, and just I thought got to the rim several times. Uh, which even when he didn't finish and, and he misses a shot, it's right there for an easy putback. I think uh, Warren Washington had one. Robert Jennings had one. So it, it, if this will continue, uh, boy, it it, uh, it opens up everything for people like Joe and, and Chance and, and all the people around uh, Pop. But Curran Walton, after not scoring versus UTA uh, before Christmas, he was under the weather. Coach McCaslin told us he got he, he threw up in the layup line before that game. He just was a it was a stomach bug going around. Well, he comes back, and this is kind of what we had been seeing. Uh, he scores eighteen points, extremely efficient, and it's just like you you kick it to him in the corner, man. It's just I, I'm shocked when it doesn't go in, you know. Um, and it's it's just been fun to watch him kind of hit his groove. And then the last thing, statistically was that Darion Williams had 10 combined turnovers in the previous two games against Vanderbilt and UTA. He had five in each game. Last, you know, and they've been playing through him a lot, you know, letting him, yeah. you know, and, and last night it's six assists, zero turnovers. He still scored some. He just, uh, he's just one of those sneaky guys that really fills up a stat sheet. So there was a lot to like about this, uh, about this win. But you get one more, one more of these, and then look out. You know, keep your head on that swivel because then it gets tougher. That's right. You're uh, headed to Austin and then the onslaught <laughs> is on as Big 12 play will be uh, at our door. Yeah, 21 assists against only seven turnovers for the Red Raiders. And really, as you're mentioning, you know, guys like uh, Pop Isaacs or Kerwin Walton and the nights that they had with 28 and 18 respectively, it, it wasn't just, you know, for a spell and then disappear, it was first half, second half. I mean, they continued to do it in the final 20 minutes, just like they did it in the first 20. And for the most part, I think they actually shot a little bit better from beyond the arc in the second half than the first half. But either way, uh, you wind up 45%, round up to 46% from beyond the arc. Uh, that's going to that's gonna cook anytime you're out there shooting it like that. And I'm beginning to see, I guess, Chris, some of what Coach McCaslin alluded to prior to the season and believing like he had a team that could shoot the basketball. And even though maybe it got a little or took a little longer to, to get going into the season than we anticipated, 
we've seen it more than a few times now, and it's not just Isaacs and Walton, but again, uh, Chance McMillan, another double-digit score contributing from beyond the arc. So we'll see. Like you've pointed to before, particularly with McMillan, but we can say it about any of these guys or about the team overall, uh, they film these games. This is all on tape now. Others are seeing <laughs> what you're able to do well. And the Big 12, I'm sure, is taking notice. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to be defended uh, whenever you open up conference play. Well, and, and the beauty is, because I, I think to Grant's credit, he really knew what he had with his team. I think he I think he would tell you at some level, and I think he's kind of alluded to this in, in different ways, you know, that's why he kind of scoffed at the pace of play conversations in the summer. Because, I mean, he's – because, I, I, you know, he just wanted to go, just wait and see. Just wait. Trust me. <laughs> and, and, and you know, did anybody have 96 points on any, on anybody's bingo card before the season uh, to, to go, you know, I mean, to, to assume after you watched him score in the 40s and 50s and low 60s <laughs> last year? I mean, I just remember I saw the gnashing of teeth, but he knew what he had. He knew um, – you know, the, uh, the the shooters, I think the athletes to get up and down. He also knows that this isn't the kind of ultimately the kind of defensive team that is great yet. Um, and, and I don't know if they will ever be great. I mean, they, they are they are flawed. Uh, there's some strengths. There's some weaknesses. And I think you're trying to play to those strengths and magnify those and trying to limit your, your weaknesses. Um, I think as far as being guarded, I think that's the beauty of – of what they kind of have put on the floor. We've talked about this a bit. You have the pick and roll uh, that must be defended. And then you you just have really, really good shooters that you you fan out around the three-point line. And it's kind of in, in half-court settings, it's pick your poison. That's where this team struggles the most, though, is I think in half-court settings when the game really slows down. But I think if there is some, to use that word pace again, if there is some pace to it, you really put pressure on a team because they have to make quick decisions and it it's not there's not a lot of good options or no-brainer options. Coaches love to eliminate choices to make and go, okay, well, this is clearly what we need to do. But instead it's like, okay, do we guard him or do we guard him? Do we double him or single, you know, just single yeah. the post? I mean, you know, they've got to sit, you put them in a bind a bit and you've got lots of uh, 40% plus three-point shooters around there. And then if, if Pop gets it going, woof, yeah, look out. Yeah, and part of what has been exciting about Isaacs, and we've talked about this several times, but the way he's been able to manufacture some scoring for you while the shots weren't really falling from beyond the arc. And, you know, he can be a bit streaky, so I'm sure we're still going to see some of that as far as his shooting is concerned. But I think we've said several times, feeling like uh, his best basketball is still in front of him for the season when some of those shots do begin to fall. So I don't know. Maybe he's showing up uh, when we're back at it January one. Um, with a more well-rounded offensive game than he showed up with game one of this season. So that's when they're back on the floor January 1st for a New Year's Day matinee. It'll be North Alabama fitting the description of the next potential victim before January 6th opens up conference play in Austin against the Longhorns. It'll be a new year, and it's a new era, of course, for Texas Tech basketball and go round number one with Grant McCaslin. But uh, – Excited to see what they've got for the Big 12 Conference, which will be a load to say the least. Okay, back on the other side to talk hoops of the new year. But we've also got some things to consider for a new year and a new look for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. 
First, today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. And eBay Motors has you covered with everything you need to maintain your vehicle and keep that ride or die ride on the road. Or if you're just looking to elevate your car's game to the next level of performance, they got what you're looking for. With roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, superchargers, and accessories of all kinds to fit your style, whether you're looking for speed, power, or design, eBay Motors has you covered with over 122 million parts to perfectly fit what you need. So just head over today to ebay.com slash motors, where you're going to always find exactly what you're looking for. And with no risk because of eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit just right every time or your money back, keeping you burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to keep your ride or die ride on the road and moving your life forward at ebay.com slash motors ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions do apply we've also got some things to consider for a new year and a new look for joey mcguire and the red raiders they have been busy in the transfer portal chris and we wanted to sit here as we turn the clock to 2024 and kind of recap what you've had going on so far and point out what we feel like has been some of the best of those portal additions so far i think coach mcguire has said this i think most understand this is not how you want to build a program. You know, every year, I think you probably hope that some of the portal fishing gets lighter and lighter and lighter. But nonetheless, the situation you're in right now, you knew you're going to have to do some heavy lifting to a great degree. And for the most part, I think they've had success. And as you look at the way that they've been analyzed nationally, as far as comparing and contrasting some other portal classes, they've wound up in some pretty good company, Chris. So where do we begin this kind of conversation as far as pointing out some of the best? Because you've added some trench work, which you desperately needed along the offensive line. And of course, we also believe, we'll, we'll see whenever they show up and put on the red and black, but also believe you've added some explosiveness on the outside as far as pass catchers. And I don't know if there is a podcast out there that's been any more excited about QB depth uh, being added to the conversation also. So which way you want to go here? Well, you, you know, I think because uh, because I think I think you're right in that you do want this to be lighter uh, as the years go along. But I, I think you can expect, uh, you know, in, any given year, man. I just think the expectation is going to be unless something drastically changes, and I don't know why it would because it's even slanting more toward movement than than not. But I mean, ten to fifteen new additions every year. It seems like is going to be kind of the norm. Mm. Um, but um, I you you knew where I was at with this deal when it, when it, when it, the window started, you know, when you start talking about next year, this is all about the offensive line. And if you didn't address that, if you didn't get it fixed, if you didn't help it dr dramatically, it, it wouldn't have really mattered what else you did or had uh, with your team. Uh, and that, that was a scary thought. Um, I think that you, you feel like, that you really address that. I don't know if you've necessarily fixed it yet, but boy, you've added some some pieces that a lot of other people like. Okay, so let's let's phrase it that way, uh, because I think you know when when you when you look at what you know, Vinny Scurry. Okay, started thirty three games at left guard. Okay, so maybe you you plug him in there. Uh, Davion Carter has started twenty three his last twenty three games at right guard. Um, you've got Sterling Porcher, who I think has got some guard and tackle experience. Maybe he can play, you know, one, one or the other, both. Uh, and, and then obviously Maurice Rodriguez, the one of the highly sought after uh, players that you landed with a lot of potential. He's still got multiple years to go. And 
he's still kind of raw. Uh, but I think, you know, he's got so much upside and all that and length and size and all that that, boy, hell of a hell of a piece of clay to try to mold uh, if, if you're, you know, <laughs> Stephen Hamby and all those guys. And so they, 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 you know, I think got some pieces here that you feel pretty good about. Now, granted, you lose Monroe Mills and you lose Landon Peterson and you lose Seth Martin, you lose Jacoby Jackson. So you you needed to to but most of these these are three I think one year guys and then obviously Rodriguez is a a multi year guy but it allows you to bridge your gap but that's what I you know because there's a lot of other flashy additions and we could talk about some of those that I I would normally go like your fantasy football type guys that you look at and go <laughs> oh stat guy stat guy he's scoring touchdowns and, and all that but this is where. These alignment is where this is this season's going to ultimately be decided. I mean, and you thought you had fixed it uh, last year, and I think you did to a certain extent, but it just wasn't what you had hoped, or we never got a chance to see it, you know, see it through because of the injury to Cole Spencer and then the injury to Rusty Stats, um, and you're having to move some pieces around and and all those things. But, uh, but yeah, that's where I would start with this portal conversation because that's who I'm most excited about. That's who I will focus the most on. And I don't know if we'll ultimately know the answer and say until, you know, mid September of next year. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what, that's the straw that stirs the drink, the offensive line. So I think smart to uh, point immediately there. And I, I just got a visual, probably no one needs coach McGuire, coach Hamby is Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore with uh, Maurice Rodriguez is that huge, Piece of clay. Okay, anyway, one guy I didn't even mention, and he's one among a group of other pass catchers, maybe a little tighter to the inside, but Jalen Conyers is a dude that I know plenty are excited to have headed to the LBK. And um, I don't know that you know we think of him as Mr. Explosive or whatever, but a multi-tool talent, I guess, is what we would say, right? He was versatile for Arizona State in his last stop, and I know you mentioned uh, hearing some national conversation as far as he was concerned that related to, you know, pro prospects in the future. So I don't know if a guy like that can be under the radar, but he may fly under it a little bit as far as the fans are concerned, but also one of the bigger gets. Yeah, multiple people in the uh, in the in the that cover the Pac-12 feel like that Jalen Conyers is absolutely an NFL tight end. Uh, the 6'4", 270, you know, I think he's got production. I think he's he's a pass catcher, but a blocker. I think when you see that Arizona State used him in the Wildcat and said, "Hey, big fella, you know, let, let's let you you know run some some zone read and run it, and you know all those different things." I mean, it tells you the kind of athlete that he is. Um, he he is one that I, I think that you could be very excited about because this is a th- this also really kind of blends into the conversation we just had, and that I, I think that you know he's going to help the run game and, and, and blocking and, and all those things as well. Um, I think that's, I uh, don't want to get lost on, on that part, but yeah, you can throw it to him too, hand it to him. But yeah, this was a, this was a big time addition. He had a lot of interest. Uh, there was a lot of interest, but this was his dream school. You know, um, I think this is ultimately what he wanted to do and, and would have potentially looked at doing this uh, initially, but, you know, some different things happened, and he ended up at Oklahoma, the Arizona State, but all's well that ends well with him. The the other one, Cowan, that I think is is like the flashy one is Josh Kelly. Um, I, I because it's well, you can't say that you know for sure what he'll do here. 
I, I, I can't help but look at, you know, the, the, what you've done and, and say, dude, you, you, you've put up nearly a, a grand uh, as far as yardage at the power five level in a really, really good league uh, like the PAC 12 was this past year. And you're, you're averaging 15 yards a catch. Um, I mean, you look at his catches and targets and you compare those to like the yardage that he gained, you compare those to what you had here last year, it's not even close. And this is what this is what the thought process was, is that we've got to be better there. We've got to be more explosive there. We've got to make it easier on everybody there. So we need some dudes that can do something with it when they get it. We need more Xavier White in this program, uh, who was the, your, your best yards after the catch or yards per catch guy you know, this past season. So enter Josh Kelly, enter Micah Hudson, uh, obviously not in the portal conversation, but enter Caleb Douglas uh, as well, who's got some uh, 6'3 speed that he can uh, trot out there. And as we began the conversation with offensive line thoughts, we'll wrap up our conversation with some of the same because all of these things, as we mentioned, may not go if the offensive line doesn't go, but I don't know if the offensive line will go very far if this guy in the middle is not working out for Coach Hamby in Texas Tech, and that being what apparently is already slotted as your new center. First, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, testing your skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So the best way to spice up any game, anytime. And congrats to all those with the skills to win up to twenty-five times their money through the football year. And now you can do the same during the hoops calendar as well. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, place your entry, and boom, you're ready to roll. And with the NFL playoffs and bowl season coming up, you can also pick combo projections across football and basketball. With easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories, it's no surprise that Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So get in on the fun and go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match. Up to a hundred dollars at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I don't know if the offensive line will go very far if this guy in the middle is not working out for Coach Hamby and Texas Tech. And that being what apparently is already slotted as your new center in Caleb Rogers, who actually not too long ago when they were in Shreveport spoke about the upcoming move inside. In 2024, here's Caleb Rogers. Honestly, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I'm a Red Raider through and through. I've been here for a long time, done a lot of different stuff, playing uh, right and left tackle, moving back and forth. And uh, it's just looking right now like the best opportunity for me is on the interior. So I'm excited. That's where my future is in uh, the NFL sense. And so uh, excited to move into there, start playing center, um, get to show my football IQ more on film and uh, run the show, you know, help everybody out. So I think that's really where I'll fit in, um, especially also as like the natural leader that I am. I think that it'll just be better uh, for me to be in there, talking to everybody, helping everybody out, and uh, just you know, being a voice for this team for this whole line. Chris, we'll have to wait, you know, until football is actually played in the spring and in fall camp to see how this all works out. But we know with some of the portal guys we mentioned, there's some intention of where they're going to line up uh, at the snap. But it really seems like this seat is taken in the middle. It is, I don't want to say Caleb Rogers or bust, but by far he's getting the first crack at running this thing. 
Yeah, you know, plans can change, uh, and and we we see that. I mean, you know, they could change plans and pivot, you know, in the middle of the season, or just like, hey, man, we're it, this is just isn't going well. But there, there's no doubt that this was put into motion prior to the Texas Bowl a year ago, when you had a lot of bowl practices and they had switched up all the offensive line and doing some different thing and you know switching tackles. Caleb Rogers got a lot of uh, reps at center at that point and just they weren't right you know didn't feel like this was the the time because you were bringing in rusty stats and and all that but i mean they, they've seen it but yeah this is clearly the plan that he will be uh the starting center and i think that part of that is you have a need there he's one you know he's very versatile um he's good at the communication aspect of it and i think this is where nfl folks uh, potentially envision him uh, and so I think they're going to, you know, it, it kind of checks a lot of boxes there. Uh, he's okay with it. Uh, the NFL folks, I think, feel like that's where he projects. You have a need. So boom, 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 you know. Uh, and and I think that it, it it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of Caleb uh, handle himself in this role because he's very outgoing and kind of outspoken and excitable and all that. He will need to be like more reined in and more focused uh, at times because he's in charge. Like everybody's looking at him and he's on ball. He's got to be the one that, that, you know, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that uh, how that aspect goes. But, yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's because uh, it, that that is the sneakiest, uh, most important position on the entire team, man. You know, why did we talk about Dennis Wilburn and such glowing reviews last year? The glue that kept it all together. We were so excited about, you know, Rusty, and then you're kind of panicked when he has to move away, and then Wilbur moves back. But it just kind of solidifies everything. Because if you're if you're bad there or or not very good, it's just it's ugly. Uh, and I think that uh, you know Caleb, you know he'll he'll embrace it, and I think be be uh, be very good. And you know I don't. I the the other question is what, what what's the depth look like there? Who who is Sheridan Wilson has kind of been your backup center. Do they do they get through this and go? You know what, Vinny? Uh, you know what, Davion? We we kind of envision maybe you you would be the better center. I mean, you just don't know how this is going to go, but at least you have some options now. What do you make of uh, Stephen Hamby at this point in his career? Because he's he's an old head as far as Red Raiders are concerned. He's still fairly early on, and I mean, compared to a guy like Tim DeRuiter, he's just a toddler, but. Um, he's still fairly, fairly early on. I think you go back to like Bowling Green, 16, 17 or so, uh, when he was taking the reins as an assistant coach there on the offensive line and then stopping Western Kentucky before he winds up, uh, here in Lubbock just a few years back. But, um, I have to imagine, you know, there's still a lot of things that he's probably evolving with as far as himself as a coach and, and how he's going about things or what he wants to see in an offensive line. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I think what we have seen is that, okay. So Hamby takes over the position group that needed the most attention when yep. he took over. It's been a problem for what, what have we talked about? Eight to ten years, really. Yeah, you've had some nice pieces, but ultimately the the recruiting and just the 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 way it's been built has just been I don't know what the right word is neglected, but it's just been an, an issue. I think there's a direct correlation in that spot. And then you struggling for however many years that you have and just being wildly inconsistent. Yep. I don't know if it's a direct correlation into your quarterbacks being injured or not. You can kind of, you know, pierce through that. I don't, you know, but yeah, it, it, it hasn't helped. 
So he takes over that spot. And I think what we're seeing now is like year, he's about to enter into year three. That position also is the most fascinating one as it relates to the portal. I, I think because there's only so many good offensive linemen out there. I think that, you know, like we saw OU lose one of their top guys to Missouri. And you lose one of your top guys to Louisville. Um, and, you know, so that holding on to these guys is going to be the interesting thing. But what they've done is they've gone and gone out and got the one-year guy. You know, I think that's the second year in a row that we've seen them. So I guess to sum it up, his position is really tricky to coach right now, just in general. He's got, he's got a lot of young pieces in his meeting room, position group room, that are just not quite ready to be frank. Um, you want them to be, we could talk about how good that we think that they will be. But I mean, even in bowl practices, you trot out like the Caden cars and Nick Faddix and all that. They can't block Tony and, you know, uh, s- some of the older guys, yeah. you know, th- they're just struggling to do that. Uh, they need more, they need more time. And so it's just been a fast, because again, there's, there needs to be a lot of attention on this particular position group because, I, again, I think it's the one that that is the toughest, maybe. But yeah, Hamby's trying. So you're dealing with all these. Yeah, you're, you're trying to learn what your style is. Hamby was a center here. He was a he was a butt kicker. He was very animated, uh, but he also had really good pieces around him too. You think about that group: Brandon Carter and um, Rylan Reed and Louis Vasquez. I mean. You, you had dudes, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and they all five played almost every game and and were healthy, you know, again, like this rarity, like, man, remember the time, um, you know, <laughs> and, and it just hasn't been that way recently. Um, so anyways, yeah, Hamby is still trying to get a handle on this whole thing because there's so many moving parts, but it's more um, – more problematic or it's been for Texas Tech than at other places. But this is where I think you have to sprinkle some, you know, chemistry dust on this group and grow them up and mesh them as quickly as you can to maximize what kind of year you could have. Yeah. And then like we talked about yesterday, just hope for some good injury luck as the season begins going and stack those weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks with the same five guys in the same five places to help uh, in that effort to establish chemistry. Good stuff, man. Appreciate the insight and the time as always. Enjoyed it. And uh, we'll do it again before New Year's Eve. So be on the lookout out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. But uh, happy New Year's weekend to you, Chris. And, and Callan, uh, you would be honored to know that we had we have some front row basketball seat folks. Front row like highfalutin folks that watch us every day <laughs> actually had uh, a sweet lady. You know who you are. Come up to me and said, I'll watch you guys every day. And she said, my husband kind of thinks that I'm um, that it's weird or whatever. And she just blows him off and says, no, this is what I'm doing. These guys are great. So you know who you are. I All really right. appreciate you, uh, you watching and uh, happy, uh, happy almost new year to everybody. But yeah, keep hope alive and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, and we'll take all you sick and twisted folks, front row, back row, <laughs> yes. any row in between. We appreciate it. Thank you for being out there. And again, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we hope to see you back for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.